Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here at the start of another week alongside my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network and, obviously, very regular co-host on Locked On Bucks, Justin Garcia, for today's episode that is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, Justin, I, I think it's time to accept that maybe we... We might have gone a little bit early with the Summer League Championship talks after the Bucks won their first game. A game that they did actually give up a 20-plus point lead and nearly lost. So maybe the celebrations were a little bit premature. The Bucks have now lost three in a row in Vegas. So they lose to Washington 93-83. to uh, At least they were able to score a little bit today. They did improve from their 20, 27% shooting in the last start and got it up to 43. But as has been the case, the whole Vegas Summer League, they haven't been able to shoot the three, just seven for 27, 25%. And they're now one and three, just one game remaining in the Summer League campaign coming up against Denver tomorrow or today as you're probably listening to this podcast. Justin, any takeaways from this game against Washington? Another loss, Summer League, mercifully, almost over. I think what uh, really had me on the championship bandwagon for Summer League was the fact that they gave up that lead. And it's like, man, they're even playing like the regular <laughs> season champion Bucks here. Um, no, I mean, we talked about it last time that it's, it's, it's really tough to discern what is important in Summer League or what stands out just because it's in many ways similar to, I think, the early iterations of the G League or D League, as it was known, where it's just guys that are looking out for themselves and trying to really showcase themselves to get that extended look in a training camp or, or latch on somewhere else. So, look, it's at least there's young, intriguing guys that the Bucks have this go-round, but I'm not really sure what the takeaways are from most of these performances. So Yorgos missed this game. Uh, I've again, I was I was sleeping when this news came out. I believe it was Nissan or something, something of that nature. So he did not play. But we still had the other three guys that we've really been keeping an eye on. Obviously, Mamu, Jordan Wara, and Mamadi Diakite. We'll start with Jordan Wara here. And I don't know. I thought about after our podcast the other day, and if you missed it, uh, the conversation from the weekend podcast that I had with Frank, we spoke about Jordan Wara a fair bit. And I was like, was I a little bit too harsh on Jordan Moore? Like, let's be realistic about this. He just came from the Olympics, led the scoring for Nigeria in a, in a pretty high-quality basketball tournament, let's be honest, even with those FIBA rules and there's lots of adjustments, different style of basketball. But he was really, really impressive. Straight up uh, game, the first game here, he was impressive in Vegas as well, shot the ball pretty well. And then we've seen that he's really, really struggling. And, and I mean, it's been pretty brutal at times. I mean, some of these misses that he's had have not been pretty. They haven't looked close. 
And he struggled again tonight, finishing with 18 points on 17 shots. Just one for eight from three, which I believe has him around three for 25 or three for 26 from three over the last three games. So it hasn't been pretty for Jordan Wara. Again, I think in general for a second year player, you would have liked to have walked away from this tournament and thought, yeah, I think that this guy is really going to be in the mix for a rotation role. I don't get that sense. I haven't felt that just watching him. But I do think we have to acknowledge that you know, he's going to play a slightly different role. Perhaps those three-pointers are going to be a little less contested, even though we've seen every chance we've had to watch Jordan Moore play. He'll, he'll take tough, some tough shots. He'll t- he's the role player, Chris Milton, when it comes to the tough shot express. There's no doubt about that. But perhaps it changes. So I'm not completely writing him off or ruling him out just because of summer league. I think that would be ridiculous. I think he probably is a little bit of fatigue, a little bit fatigued with all the travel he's done over the last couple of weeks. And that would indicate uh, with some of those shots that were feeling, falling pretty horribly short or, or way offline. Um, but he did have seven turnovers and only the one assist as well. It was, it was again, a pretty, uh, pretty underwhelming performance, we'll say that, from Jordan Wara. So Jordan Wara, I'm looking at his, his stats now, and I'm with you that um, I think there was a lot of, and I may have even hinted at it as well in, in one of the other pods we did a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember at this point, but I think there was a lot of optimism for, well, Dante's going to miss some time at the start of the season. Maybe that means this is the opportunity for Jordan Wara. And I think the acquisition of Grayson Allen has certainly taken away from that. Um, but Jordan Wara in summer league is just under 30 minutes a game in their 40 minute games. He is, I believe 12th in the uh, league in scoring at just over 20 points, but he has attempted the most field goals in summer league and is at 34% shooting from the field. And would you care to guess you already hinted at what we've seen recently, but would you care to guess what his three point shooting percentage is in summer league? Well, I think the first game he hit six or seven. So if I just do some, some rough numbers here, let's just say that he's maybe 10 for, he, he might be 10 for 38. So uh, I don't let's, even know if he's that high. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. It would be under thirty uh, percent. I would imagine. Yeah, he is seventeen and a half percent from three in summer league. Which it's not as though there's a lot of defense being played in summer league either. So I mean, to your point, we know he has the ability to score, and he's shown that in very brief stretches at the NBA level. But as as we've all pointed to, and you and Frank have talked about it as well. I mean. Look, it's great that Jordan Warren possesses that ability, and it's certainly something that you need to develop a little further. But the only way Jordan Warren is going to see consistent time this year or at any point with the Bucks is the rebounding and defense. If those numbers improve, and uh, his acumen, I should say, improves defensively. And again, Summer League is not the place you would necessarily look to to say, man, Jordan Warren or whoever it is has made some strides defensively. But, you know, I think some of the acquisitions the Bucs did make in the offseason have kind of made it easier for Jordan Wara that you're not expecting him to be a massive contributor and you can continue to bring him along slowly and develop him. Because even the uh, Grayson Allen acquisition, if that doesn't go down, you probably are needing to get something from Jordan Wara at least early in the season before Dante comes back. So... I think he's still in an advantageous spot where you can continue to develop him slowly and kind of pick your minutes for him. And as we talked about the last time I was on the show, what's going to help Jordan Wara and Mamadi and Mamu and, and all the young guys, what's going to help them out most is that 
you're going to have a G League campaign this season. And I would imagine that is where the majority of his development and minutes will come this season. No question. And, I, and we're going to get into the rotation stuff a little bit here as we move forward, particularly when it comes to the big man positions. I've got some questions for you there. And then I've got another. Uh, let's say we'll wrap up the podcast with a, a question that Frank actually brought up in the DM. So I'm going to throw that to you as the show goes on as well. Just a little bit of a tease there. But I think you're right. I mean, I think, and I've said this before, so this is nothing new to, to regular listeners of the show, but I think the three guys that hold the wild card positions in terms of what are they? Can they be rotation guys? I guess we're going to wait and see. Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale, and Jordan Wara was the other one that I had there. So, yeah, I, look, overall, I, this role that he played in Summer League is going to be completely different in the team, albeit they're still going to ask him to come out and fire away and shoot threes, but it's going to be a little bit different. So I think that you need to look at it from uh, multiple multiple factors here or multiple ways in that in one case, Maybe it's pointless reading too much into it. In the other case, you would have liked to see him be able to take over some of these games. But again, I will acknowledge the travel and all that sort of stuff for Jordan has been a little bit uh, difficult. I want to get to Diakite there as well as we keep rolling. But I've got to talk about our friends at Sweatblock, Justin. Uh, I mentioned this before. As a guy that has gone through the humid Milwaukee summers before. I was sweating like a maniac. I was trying to like, choose what, what color. Can I wear a gray T-shirt? No, because it's going to look ridiculous. If I just walk down the street, I'll be sweating too much. I don't know why. I must be, you would think being Australian, I would be used to warm weather, but it really got me in Milwaukee for some reason. And today, we're talking about sweat block wipes in particular. Uh, the wipes work for up to seven days per use, and there's a dry shirt guarantee, which you know clearly would appeal to me. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 uh, reviews. So uh, you can wear what you want when you want to wear it. This is a little secret to your confidence, and then this is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, a big episode of Locked On Bucks with Justin. Uh, everyone can benefit from this product. So uh, all you have to do is go to sweatblock.com and with the promo code Locked On, you can get 20% off uh, or you can find it at Amazon and CVS as well. And uh, what about Indeed? We haven't had an ad read for Indeed for a while, but we know general managers ask questions to find the right players. Like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're, I don't know if that's a question actually asked, but when you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple, attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join with more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through september 30th terms and conditions apply all right let's talk about mamadi diakite now another guy that i think we've all been fascinated by we've pointed to before certainly caught the imagination of the 
Bucks fan base down in the G League bubble last year. And also just his personality is awesome. I mean, he's just a, a much-loved guy in the locker room. There's no doubt about that. Him and Giannis enjoy each other's company. It certainly uh, appears so. And, and Giannis was one of the guys that called him when he was down in Florida in the G League bubble. So there's a nice relationship there. And I think the skill set is just interesting. As a big guy that can put the ball on the floor, can run up and down the floor, uh, protect the rim. There's a lot there to like. But before we get into his game tonight, which I thought was the best we've seen him look in Summer League, uh, we saw a brawl in the Sacramento Kings game. And I think, I, I don't even know who they were playing. Sacramento Kings and might have been Orlando or something like that. I'm not sure. But anyway, there was a brawl. I would call it a brawl. So there was kind of like a half swinging punch push. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, jump online and I'm sure you can see it all over Twitter. Uh, it was pretty, pretty kind of... Uh, Incredible stuff for Summer League. You don't generally see that. But Dikite got ejected in a Summer League game. So I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that I, I think Dikite gets onto the, the bad boy five from Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's got a bit of an angry streak, I think it looks like. A competitive streak, I would say. Uh, yeah, he's got an edge. He plays with an edge, I think we can say. Um... And yeah, I, I don't recall who that uh, second team was either. I just saw the highlight of the punch that was thrown, which at first kind of catches you off guard that this is happening in summer league, that this is, you know, a chucker's paradise where you're looking to really establish yourselves and nobody's taking it seriously. So to see two guys come to blows in a fight in summer league is one of the more surprising things, I think, of this entire summer league and of the off season. Um, but Mamadi, I mean, that's one of the things that you like is, as you pointed to the skill set that he has and he's still developing his, um, but it does seem as though he, he does bring a little bit of that edge that he plays with. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't make the direct comparison, but at times it reminds you to a smaller extent of what we saw from a guy like Thon Maker as well, who played the same way and with that edge. Oh, Thon, we, we know. We, we, we missed Thon. I saw Thon tweeted out the, yesterday that he's looking to, to make the 50-50-90 club. I don't think he's got a team at the moment. So we'll see what happens there. But as far as Mamadi goes, I thought tonight, again, and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying this, I thought he got down to business. He played to his strengths in this game. I don't really think that Summer League is necessarily the type of structured offense, structured half-court offense that is going to suit a guy like Diakite because I think sometimes... Yeah, he's got the skill set. He's got a nice-looking jump shot for sure. He's pretty smooth. But I still don't like it when he gets in the, in the post there and tries to shoot those, those fadeaway baseline, Dirk, one leg. I'm just like, come on, man. You, you can do better than that. I think he's at his best when he's crashing the glass, running the floor, rolling to the basket hard, and, and finishing those plays there. And we saw that on a number of times tonight. He finished with 18 points. He had nine rebounds as well, which I really like to see, particularly two of those coming on the offensive end. So... With Diakite, and when I look at this roster right now and I look at the big man rotation, there's certainly a, a school of thought out there that is the Bucks are the Bucks a little bit light on in the big man department. So I, I thought we can, we can at least talk about where Diakite fits in all this. And again, we don't know whether he's going to stay on the roster or what's going to happen. So all this could be um, you know, kind of a kind of a, a useless conversation in the long run. But for right now, I think it's intriguing because we came into this summer league saying, okay, well, what can Diakite bring? He's going to get big minutes. He's going to get an opportunity to play. So with the Bucks' big man roster, Brook Lopez obviously is going to be there. Giannis obviously is going to be there. Bobby Portis. 
And I think, again, one of those wildcard guys, and the reason why I think it might be one of the more important wildcard guys is Semi Ojale, who has played, and I've got the numbers up here on cleaning the glass, has played the majority of his basketball at the four. So he's kind of one of those guys where you look at him and say, well, okay, I'm not really sure what position he plays, but he's six foot seven. Obviously, he's He's big. He's a big six foot seven. He's wide. He's thick. If if you want to use that uh, that description there, but eighty eight percent of his minutes last year in Boston at the four, ninety five percent of his minutes at the four, uh, the year before in twenty nineteen twenty, and it's it's always been a pretty high uh, figure there for him basically over the last few seasons. So to me, Diakite, if he's a guy that it, it plays as that sort of garbage man, runs the floor, maybe there is. Some way in a regular season where you stretch the rotation a little bit, where sometimes there's injuries, you know, you know injuries are going to happen. You're resting guys. There might be opportunities for play. But again, I don't see him as a guy that's banging down the door to break into that rotation because I don't necessarily buy into the argument that the Bucks are shorthanded in the big man spots. I think they've got enough with Brooke, Bobby, Giannis, and potentially Sam. Yeah, I think Semi is the... the um... I don't know how you would even describe him, but he's the most interesting piece that could potentially tie it all together, at least in the short term. Because right now, it just feels like when you look at the Bucks' depth chart, you're going to look at backup point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and it's going to be Pat Connaughton in all of those. That it's, well, we feel like we can play Pat here, and we can play him here and here. Um, it, it does feel like, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, I mean, it goes without saying because I think it's it's one of the things that every team looks for in the buyout market is either a four that stretches the court or gives you a dimension that you don't have or a backup ball handler or point guard. Those are always the two most in-demand spots when you look at the buyout market, but it does feel like the Bucks probably have enough to get through a regular season, but that's what you're going to look to to bring on board for a playoff push. And, and who knows who that could be? I mean, there's a number of things that will change it. But the Bucks and a number of teams, I would think, would be looking for another power forward once it comes buyout time. But Semi Ojale is interesting to me because um, I couldn't tell you why. There must have been some type of feature on him. And then I, I saw him play in uh, conference tournaments. And I believe that SMU team made the uh, NCAA tournament. But he was a guy I was really high on his final year of college and really wanted the Bucks to draft him. And I think he went early in the second round in that draft. And then once he went to the Celtics, I just kind of dropped off my interest in semi-Ogele. But when you compare the frames, it's almost identical to P.J. Tucker that I think they're both 6'6". And as you just pointed to, he was kind of utilized the same way as P.J. was, where you can play him. Uh, semi more so just three or four, but PJ we could see in the backcourt at times as well. But, you know, I think he's the guy that could ultimately change a lot for the Bucks. that I don't think we're expecting him to be the PJ Tucker replacement, but if he can replace most or at least some of what PJ Tucker did for you, that certainly changes things because of, you know, I joked about it just a couple of moments ago, but the versatility of Pat Connaughton will certainly help you out that you can say, well, we can get by with just three bigs with Brooke and Giannis and Bobby because Pat Connaughton in a pinch can play small ball four, and we have Semi Ojale as well. So um, I don't feel like they're – I still feel like they're thin in the front court, but I don't think 
it's to the point where they're woefully thin and it's, man, the Bucks really need to find somebody before the season starts. That, sure, you'd still like to address it and find another guy that can give you depth for the playoffs. But I do think with what we saw from Pat and with what we have seen from Semi Ojale in the regular season the last few years, I think they have enough to get through the regular season. It's just a matter of where are the seedings going to fall and who is it that you feel like you're going to have to worry about in the East in the playoffs. And then from there, you know, what else do you need in the front court? But for the time being, yeah, I think you would still love to add another body, but I think they're fine as is. Well, there is one other big man on the roster, but I'm going to get to that after I talk about Rock Auto, uh, Justin. You know, you've done the Rock Auto ad reads before, but right now, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating question? And then you have to wait. Well, you know, they only have one brand or one specification the warehouse has. So it's kind of a kind of a useless exercise. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So just save the money. Why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts uh, when you can just go to the family business that is Rock Auto that's served do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find out the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. And see all those parts that are available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com and Justin Built Bar. Did you did you see the Built Bar or, or the Built Pain Tuition for BYU football players? Did you see that over the weekend? I did not see that. No. no you, I mean, the company is just unbelievable. I mean, it's great stuff. And uh, I saw someone on Twitter, a locked on listener, suggest that potentially Bilts uh, could then pay, uh, you know, sponsor me to get back to America, which I also appreciate. I always appreciate the listeners' support of not only us, Justin, but, but Built Bar as well, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. They've got the nine delicious flavors that are still there. And uh, look, when you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're passionate about which one their favorite is. I know Justin's been a big, uh, he's been a big, uh, a cherry barcier. I think I, I kind of. It's a big one. That is a big one. Yeah. It's basically anything but coconut. So any of the flavors that don't have coconut, I'm willing to try. Yeah, it's interesting. Controversial take. Coconut did win the Built Bar Madness. So, I mean, not everyone agrees with you, Justin, but that's the, that's the freedom of choice you have with Built Bar, which is what we've been talking about a lot here. And also, uh, the built uh, built was the the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which was uh, pretty awesome. And shout out to the Paralympians that are uh, in Tokyo; they're getting re- ready to roll as well. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch the Paralympics. But go to built.com and use the promo code Locked15, and you'll get fifteen percent off your first order. Use promo code Locked15 for fifteen percent off at built.com. All right, I teased this a little bit before we went to the break, and there is another big man on the roster. Now, I'm not trying to 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 tease or, or pu- push you in any direction here, uh, Justin, but there was a question that was brought to our group DM from the great Frank Madden overnight when I woke up this morning and I saw this very insightful question, and I thought this is going to be a good podcast topic. Frank's not here, but I already know his answer. Out of the guys that we've mentioned, so Jordan Mora, Mamadi Diakite, Sandro, uh, Sandro Mamu Kalashvili, is there one of those guys 
Or which guy would you feel best about having to play 10 minutes in the rotation right now? Um, so just those three guys is what we're, yes. we're leaving it open you can really, if, you really, if it's really your ghost, <laughs> if, if, if your ghost no. is the guy, you can, you can add him as well, which we should include him because, I mean, he was on the run. No, I was going to uh, go off the board and say Thanasis. Um, <laughs> boy, this is tough because to me it's – I feel like the obvious answer is – um, is Mamadi, but I mean, for 10 minutes, I've been intrigued by some of the flashes. Granted, it's mostly highlights, but I've been intrigued with some of the stuff we've seen from Mamu. So I would, I would lean towards Mamadi, but I am not willing to shut the door on limited minutes from Mamu, just seeing what he can do. I'm not going with Mamadi. I'm going with Mamudi. Okay. I'm going with Sandro as well. I agree. I thought he was good again today. Um, uh, and look, there's a little bit of a shiny new toy aspect to this. I'm sure of it. So again, most people that have listened to me and probably understand that I think you know, overall my expectations or, or what I think is going to happen is pretty low. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think these guys are going to come out and, and dominate or become rotation players. And the fact that he's a two way is a little bit of a shame, but I really do think that I would be more comfortable right now if the Bucks in a pinch had to play a guy 10 minutes a night in the big man spots. I think I'd be going with Mamu over Mamadi. And I think part of the reason for that is that, first of all, he's proven himself as an excellent offensive rebound. I mean, this guy attacks the glass. He had another three rebounds on the offensive end tonight, 10 overall. But I just love the passing. He had another five assists tonight. He really does just create stuff. And it's, it's off the dribble now. I don't know whether... You know, the 6'10", 6'11", Mamu is going to be putting the ball on the floor in the NBA. It's it's going to be a completely different level, but he did it at college. Now we've seen it at the summer league level. So it does look like a skill that could potentially translate eventually. And, and, I, and I just don't think that, again, he would be putting those situations too often anyway. So what would you be asking him to do? That maybe in a ball swing situation, he'll make the right pass because we know he's capable. But I think crashing the offensive glass and generally being in the right spots, he seems to cut very well. As he's, he's received a number of good scoring opportunities by cutting to the basket, using timing and really just IQ, getting to good spots. So he looks like a basketball player to me. You know, like he, he looked like when I was watching this Bucks team, arguably the most dangerous guy they had on the roster in terms of when he had the ball in his hands, you felt that something good was going to happen. Now, I do think the big question mark with him will be the three-point shot because he hasn't really been able to find the range with that in Vegas, even though it's been on a very, very small sample. He's not exactly a guy that is selfishly looking to score. He seems to want to facilitate and is more of in scoring positions as a sort of a garbage man when he does hit the offensive glass for putbacks and stuff like that. But... I liked what I've seen, honestly. For a guy that you you pick up with a 54 overall pick and he's a two-way guy, he's shown enough NBA, I think, NBA skills that impressed me. And I don't actually think he's been horrible defensively either. He had four steals yeah. tonight. But generally, his anticipation seems to be right. It might just be a question of of athleticism and, and, and quickness at the next level and strength. Yeah, 0 for 8 on threes in the summer league, which, okay. I mean... But 0 for 8, I mean, isn't terrible through four games. That he's he's just yet to find the stroke. But he's done everything that uh, I think it's around nine points, nine rebounds, and three steals or three assists and or three steals and four assists. I think have basically been his averages through these four games. That it almost reminds me of those first four 
games that we saw from Mamadi in the G League bubble last year. And granted, I think he had a 2010 double-double in there, but he had two double-doubles in those first four games. We've seen two double-doubles from Mamu as well. But it's, it's, uh, it's obviously different that Mamadi was more on the athleticism and you would get the block shots as well. But yeah, he hasn't looked he's looked more than adequate. So if he can contribute in all those ways, as we often joke to uh, make the make winning plays without scoring the basketball is what Bud looks for. I mean, we just rattle off the stats that he's put up through the summer league that he's, he's finding ways to contribute in all areas. You mentioned his offensive rebounding that he's really done a tremendous job at, but it was overall rebounding. And, you know, if you can get that type of scoring from him as well, you figure the three point shot is going to somewhat, come that he he did some of it in college and he's still yet to find it in a summer league but he to me is an interesting guy to keep an eye on because just as we said with Jordan Wara I would assume he's going to get a lot of reps with uh, the Wisconsin herd in the G League this year but that's I think the nice part for the Bucks is they have all of these guys that you can give some big consistent minutes to and say let's see if we have something here Whereas in the past, you know, you had one guy that you were really looking to develop, and then we would see it utilized for guys that you knew were going to be a part of the team, but the minutes just weren't there yet, and you didn't want them to sit on the bench doing nothing. When you think back to early days of DJ Wilson and, and even Dante, that let's just send them to the G League and get them some minutes so they can stay active. Bucks are in a different spot this year where you don't really have that guy, but you do have some guys – you're going to look to develop. I guess Jordan Worrell would be the closest to it. But still, it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked about the Summer League carrying more intrigue than it has in the past. I mean, Wisconsin Herd are going to be pretty intriguing this year, you would think, for the Bucks with guys like Mamadi and Mamu. And I would guess Jordan Wara is going to see a decent amount of time there as well, that they have a handful of guys who you know, maybe next year, maybe even late this year, if they can continue to develop and show you something in the G League, could carve out something in the uh, rotation at the NBA level, but they have a handful of guys that you look to and say, this roster is getting older. If they can continue to develop, these are young guys that next year or the year after, they could be guys that we lean on and say they're going to have rotational minutes and they're going to be developing here in Oshkosh. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think since Bud came in and the original hire of of Chase Buford, I, I think the one thing that we noticed straight away and that everyone said within the organization was that the communication was was next level and there was a real uh, desire and and want to sort of tie those programs together and, and continue to develop players in the way that, sure, uh, the, the Wisconsin Herd are their own team and there's going to be players that, that aren't on the Bucks roster, but if you can align those two teams in a similar way, a similar style, then you're obviously benefiting the NBA franchise and potentially with, with development as well. And I think, you know, going back to the Christian Wood stuff, that was one of the things that we heard a lot coming out of the Wisconsin herd was that, well, you know, Christian, we would just like to see these types of things from him or, or more of, of this. And it was the style that he was playing that, that I don't think translated too well to what he, the role he was going to fill uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, which, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. There's been, it feels like it's been forever since the G League was playing, but I do hope and look forward to seeing probably Mamu and Mamadi and and all those guys down there with the Wisconsin herd. It should be a uh, pretty fun team to watch. Um, but again, look, 
this is one of the this is one of the things when you're a great team when you're a championship team there's just generally not too many minutes there for young guys and i know the fans i've said this before there's nothing more exciting than having a young player that you get to support and watch and hopefully develop but hey i'll take the championship and playing veterans over that every single day of the week i have to mention the locked on today podcast because you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with that show that's hosted by the host of Locked On Packers as well, Peter Bukowski. So he'll update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. As we wrap this up, any final thoughts? Uh, like I said, there's one more game of Summer League left. Bucks and Nuggets. Again, it's another afternoon game. I don't know why. I don't know how they managed to get the 3 p.m. game. Uh, every every single game outside the first one. But anyway, we'll wrap it up. We'll be back after that game. But uh, any any final burning thoughts you need to get off your chest? Uh, yeah, so I mentioned my affinity for semi Ojale. It mm-hmm. was uh, 2017 that uh, SMU team did, in fact, make the NCAA tournament. And I do remember watching him in this game. They lost in the first round to USC. But where he had to have caught my attention was early in the season. Uh, I watched a decent amount of Big Ten basketball just because of the Badgers. SMU played Michigan early that season, and he had an okay game, but that was a Michigan team that was just loaded. And I do remember that team from that year that we saw the matchup that I'm sure all of us will be telling our children and grandchildren about, Semi Ojale versus DJ Wilson, Mo Wagner, and Duncan Robinson. Yes, yes. Well, you know me. You know I'm a I'm a huge college basketball guy. So uh, yeah, I, all all of those memories and moments um, etched in my brain forever. Of course, yeah, for all of us. So yeah, uh, I just uh, was looking through and thought, oh, you know what? It had to have been that Michigan game. So I'm assuming I watched it, but I do remember the tournament game. But nonetheless. Four years later, Semi Ojale has returned home. And I, I should say, too, I have a terrible track record on these guys that I saw a few games of collegiately. I'm sure you're much different. And then immediately wanted the Bucks to draft them. The one that sticks out in my mind the most was a local product, Reese Gaines. And I remember, I believe this was the draft where LeBron went number one and Dwayne Wade to the Heat. I so wanted the Bucks to draft Reese Gaines. And uh, they eventually got him, but in hindsight, um, not the guy that I thought he would be. So hopefully we're not saying the same about Semi Ojale. Well, there's a bunch of guys we're intrigued about on this roster. There's no doubt about that. But if you've listened to this show and you disagree with our thoughts on who could play 10 minutes in the rotation right now, if you are concerned about the big man rotation, it's the perfect time to let us know what you think because I have just sent out the call for mailbag episodes. We're going to rip through all the questions here over the next week or so. There's already heaps flooding into my Twitter account. So if you go to at Kane Pittman, if you're on Twitter, you'll see that there. If not, Frank mans the Gmail account, lockedonbucks at gmail.com. So if you send any emails through there or it's just a longer question or you just have a story to tell us, uh, Frank will be able to pick that up on the Gmail account and we'll get through to that. It's been a long time since we've done a mailbag. So whether it's about the championship, whether it's about free agency, whether it's about summer league, or anything moving forward into next season. It doesn't even have to be basketball-related. You can ask us, and we'll get to that. Uh, you guys uh, keep us going on this show. There's no question about that. Justin, always a pleasure. You uh, Make sure you enjoy this final Summer League game, and I'm sure I'll be catching up with you in, uh, in the coming days. Yeah, and they can submit questions about Built Bar as well. You don't have to feel peer pressured into thinking that coconut is the best flavor out there. So 
uh, don't let Kane persuade you there. Well, that's that's you, you. You can listen to whoever you want to listen to, but we hope you'll join us again for the post game show tomorrow against the Nuggets, Bucks, and Denver, 3 p.m. Summer League wrapping up. We'll catch you guys after the game.